Welcome to the Church at Bradenton podcast, where we are finding strength for today, hope for the future, and the courageous joy to bring others along. Let's join our pastor and church family as we share teachings rooted in God's Word from our weekend gatherings. Acts chapter 12. So if you would turn there for just a moment, Acts chapter 12, I want us to read the first 11 verses as as we kind of answer a question this morning about why it is that God gathers his people. Why, Why do we still gather as the people of God? This particular story, this account revolving around Peter and his imprisonment for the gospel of Jesus. Acts chapter 12, about that time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, that's the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him and intending after Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city, and it opened for them of its own accord. And they went out and went along one street, and and immediately the angel left him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Peter arrested and imprisoned, and and, and of course in, in doing so, separated from the people of God, from the family of God, from all of the the followers of Jesus Christ that that he was doing life with. And that simply is never a good thing, to be separated from the family of God. Many of us have felt that in the last couple of years. But God has always gathered his people. From the Old Testament traveling tent, uh, tabernacle, to Solomon's temple, to the temple in Jerusalem, to to the believers that, that gathered and did this thing called church in Lydia's house. From brush arbors to Farmer Brown's barn, to classrooms at, 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 at schools, gymnasiums that have been rented, YMCAs, the back room of, of, of a coffee house, to family rooms and back porches and backyards, 
to God's people this very day around the world, huddled, maybe by candlelight, willing, willing to give their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ, but, but hoping to stay out of trouble just long enough to reach a few more people that are in their world, the underground church. No matter what the enemy in this world brings, God always gathers his people and he gathers them with a purpose. Why is it that God gathers his people? Why is he still calling us to gather today? Why does this matter so much? Well, that's what we will unpack together more in God's word. And we're going to catch up here in verse 12. So while you are turning there, let me just simply say that, that I am speaking from God's word concerning the things that have been happening in our world and, and coming from our nation's highest office and happening in Texas or California or, or happening uh, somewhere between here and there. I'm talking about what is, is happening here in Manatee County. I'm talking about the things that are going on in, in, in my family, in my circle of influence and, and in yours right here in West Bradenton and, and in the church at Bradenton. God's word is eternally relevant. And not because some preacher makes it so, it's because he is the I am. And because Jesus Christ is the I am, he always is. And so if anybody needs to get relevant, it's me, it's, it's you, it's culture, and not the other way around. But, but I'm simply calling out today what the enemy has been trying to do as, as we answer this question, you know, when, when God's people gather, what, what happens? Because the enemy has always tried to do this, but especially so in the last couple of years. Through a pandemic, and then even more so with all of the politicking and the power grabbing that has gone along with that to racial divides and unrest and, and riots and, and the politicking that has surrounded all of that as, as well to wars in our world that have hit very, very close to home. To, to uh, how, about, how about this one? To the enemy seeking to, to divide and conquer us, um, making us believe that a virtual world is the real world, the one on our phones, the, the one on our, our smart pads and, and our computers. And I get the irony even as some of our family are watching online today. And I'll be honest, I don't know what to do with that except to, to, to leverage, to leverage uh, the internet and all things online for the glory of Jesus Christ. As much as the enemy is seeking to use all of these things to divide and conquer, we are calling this out. and We are seeking as the people of God to intentionally ground ourselves in the gospel and continue to gather together as his people. Um, you see, the enemy has been doing this so much so in the last couple of years that, it, that it's made many people wonder um, who, who, who for one reason or, or, or another ha have been separated from the family of God like they, they once were. And, and I mean gathering 
together, that, that, the, that the question has been asked, and so I'm just, I'm just out there with it. Is it, it is, do you really need to be with God's people, to gather with God's people, to, to be a follower of Jesus, to be who you need to be, to be about the Father's business? Do you really need to gather in order to serve Him, to live this life called Christianity as a, as a follower of Jesus? And I would simply respond by saying, yes! Absolutely, and, and more than ever. This world needs the body of Christ to be together, to, to, to gather and to grow and to go in his name. So what happens when his people gather? Um, we are gleaning today from Acts chapter 12. We pick up the story in verse 12. Here we go. And when Peter realized this, that he had been set free, and it wasn't a, a, a dream, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark. In other words, John Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Where would you go? Where's the first place you would go if, if you were released from prison? A drive through Yeah. Where, where would you go? What would you do? It's a good question. For Peter, he, he wanted to be with, with family. Of course, you would want to be with family. And, and I believe that holds true for our biological family if, if we're in a position to do that. And, and even more so with the family of God. Peter was drawn, wanted to gather again with the family of God. Disciples of Jesus Christ, disciples of Jesus Christ gather and are gatherers in Jesus' name. Why? Because there's just something spiritually powerful. Think, think magnetic. Think magnetic that, that happens when God's people gather. The gathering of God's people begins to gather God's people. And, and, and it's magnetic and it begins to turn into a, a, a movement. And when the Spirit of God moves, there is no force on earth that can stop it. Especially when God's people refuse not to gather. Now, if you think about it, this probably wasn't the best move on the part of Peter and the disciples. Let me remind you, and we talked about some of this last week uh, earlier on in the book of Acts. Um, by, by this time, there had been beheadings. I'm talking about of influential followers of Jesus Christ. Beheadings and arrests and imprisonments. James had, had just been, been killed with the sword. And now Peter has been arrested, and so Peter decides that he'll just go. And if you think about it, um, the gatherers, the followers of Jesus, were kind of doing the Roman government and the Jewish Sanhedrin who, who were working together. They were working together when it was convenient, when it was advantageous, when it was monetarily um, advantageous for them to do so in order to exercise power over the people, especially those followers of the way. 
And so I, I, I imagine they didn't give this much thought. They were just kind of making it all too convenient. So let's get all of the influential followers of Jesus that hung out with Peter who just got sprung from prison. Let's all get in the same place. I don't know. To me, that was, that was interesting. Uh, not, not really funny, but um, the truth was these followers of Jesus were increasingly disobedient to the governing powers as those forces forced them to choose between their Lord, their master, and his way, and the powers that be, and their cultural ethics unethical ethics, and their edicts. And it was costing them their lives. They were in the truest sense of the Word of God where we see the word witness and we think about working up just enough nerve to invite that coworker to church while we're having coffee in the break room. The word in the New Testament for witnesses is martyros, from which we get our word, Martyr. So whenever you see the word witness in the New Testament, substitute it with the word martyr. And that's the level to which God calls true disciples then and now. Although for us on any given day, His Spirit may, may only be calling us to work up enough nerve to invite that coworker to join you in a connect group, which by the way, you can sign up for at the kiosk out in the lobby or at tcab.church. Just go to the connect tab and shameless plug for the gathering of God's people in connect groups. Sign up starts today. Do we need reminded that it wasn't long ago? Uh, let's see, no, not in China. It wasn't in North Korea, not, not in Afghanistan, not in any place else. It was in the United States of America that that our government told us only looking out for our good, who could and how many could gather. And yet something was very wrong with that picture because churches were closed, but bars were open. This isn't new, and this isn't news to followers of Jesus. I, I've reflected this last week on the work and the words of C.S. Lewis, who said in an essay uh, called The Humanitan Theory of Punishment, and, and I'm asking you to be disciples. I'm asking you to, to, to put your thinking caps. Young people, you, you, you can get this stuff. You can receive this stuff. So, so listen to the words of C.S. Lewis as he reflected in an age, in a day of world war and following these world wars and rumors of more world wars when C.S. Lewis penned this essay and spoke these words concerning the tyrannies that abounded. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It may be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own consciousness." 
And as Andrew and and I were reflecting on on Romans chapter 1 this last week and and, and some of the things that, 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 that it reveals, there's a searing of the consciousness in these end times, so much so that people are seeing dark as light and light as as dark and thinking that the masses, especially those uninformed religious masses, especially, and we call it like it is, especially with those that, that, that take a, they take a conservative view of the word of God as the lens through which we see this world, they absolutely can't help themselves. They need, they need a benevolent rulers God help us and I think not still they gathered however they were not gathered in fear and nor should we nor should we they were gathering by and in his power and I don't want us to miss that God gathers his people in power not in fear, not, not, not huddled and nervous and waiting to see what comes down next so that they can take their cues from the culture or for a government that does not acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But they, they know something the enemy doesn't know. <laughs> that it's already finished. And we're willing to wage whatever battles along the way until the trumpet sounds and Jesus says, enough, enough, enough. Hmm. I want to say something to our online family uh, that is out there today uh, because I, I, I see so many of you. Uh, it's painful to hear myself. God bless you all that are listening to me right now as I review my messages. And a lot of times just so I, I go through and I see the comments that some of you are making. And, and I want to say this because um, there are so many of you. Is it this camera? Okay. Uh, so many of you that, that gather every time we go online. And your hearts are with us. I know because uh, Elizabeth and I make phone calls and, and, and we're talking to some, some of you through, throughout uh, the week and we see you engaging some of you uh, mostly because of health issues. And, and, and you, you had health issues long before the COVID pandemic and you haven't been able to gather the way that your heart, your soul longs to be gathered with God's people as Peter longed to gather with God's people and was separated from them. And I just want to say we love you and we are with you and you can't quarantine and you can't separate and you cannot divide and conquer the people of God. And so we love you and we are with you and we worship the Lord with you, uh, diving into God's word with you. So thank you so much, online family. Verses 13 through 15. And when Peter knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. That's pretty funny, right? 
They said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that, that it was so. And they kept saying, no, 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 it, it, it must be his angel. Why was Peter drawn to Mary's house? Why was Peter standing at the gate and knocking? I would submit that, that, that it was prayer that was making this otherwise just a gathering of common people so incredibly powerful. I want to remind you of something that, that, that uh, I, I said to you first probably three years ago, and I want to remind us of something in the light of the fact that we're gathering together throughout the fall and the early winter in connect groups, which by the way, you can sign up for at the kiosk out in the lobby or at tcap.church, hit the resource tab, connect, connect groups, and pick one of those groups out. That regardless of what group you join, here's what I know about every group. Every meeting is a prayer meeting. Every meeting is a prayer meeting. And, and if it doesn't turn into some sort of prayer meeting, you may be meeting, but it's not the koinonia. It's not the fellowship in the spirit. It's not the ecclesia, prayer to the believer, to the follower of Jesus, is like water to a fish. Prayer is, is, is just the native tongue of the follower of, of Jesus. And so I look forward to, to the collective power of each one of our groups getting together and making prayer something that, that is conversational, prayer something that, that, that is intentional and purposed and, and with a passion in, in all of our groups. Pray passionately together as God's people. It's, it, prayer is not just a Sunday thing, amen? And my goodness, pray with your spouse and pray with your kids and pray over your spouse and pray over your kids. Pray. Verse 16, don't miss this, but Peter continued knocking. But Peter continued knocking and when they opened, they saw him and they were absolutely amazed. Don't miss this. God made Peter wait at the gate for a purpose. And I wonder for us as followers of Jesus today, if it's not so, so this guy right here would understand that God sometimes makes me wait with a purpose. Sometimes you just have to wait at the gate. You're almost there. You're almost free, but, but not quite. You've almost got the answer. You can see it, but, but not yet. And God is uh, making you wait and you just don't have the patience for patience. Anybody? For our illustrations, prayer is the gate and the Holy Spirit is the gatekeeper. And prayer is the language between the one at the gate and the gatekeeper. This is just how God set it up. There was never a class that anybody ever attended. This is how to keep a gate. But throughout recorded history, Wherever there was gate around that little shire, that little village, that city, there was a gate, there was a main gate or a variety of gates, but one thing was for sure, you had to go to that gate and someone would say, whoa, 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 whoa. who goes there? You have to identify yourself at the gate. 
the family of God. In, in prayer, you need to be honest about who you are before you gain a transformational audience with the king. You've got to be honest about who you are. What's your purpose at the gate? Well, I am going to see, and it's for the purpose of that thing that you're waiting at the gate on right now in your life. For what purpose? And if you get it, how long will it last? What's it for? Now, better question. Who is it for? As you've been waiting at the gate, who is it for? And for what purpose? Jesus said this, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. But, but, but His Word takes us deeper and we're going to go deeper concerning the will of God in prayer in, in just a moment. But I just want to say to those of you that have been waiting at the gate in answer to a prayer, don't get weary of waiting at the gate. At just the right time, at just the right time, the Lord will open that gate. If it's for your good and for His glory, we know that from one of the most all too familiar scriptures that I'm afraid we take for granted, but it really is true even though it's become a cliche too much in the Western church. God really is working all things together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. Verse 17. But motioning to them with His hand to be silent, He described to them how the Lord had brought Him out of the prison. And He said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then He departed and He went to another place. How did the Lord free Peter? What well, we already read verses 6 through 11, especially young people, uh, if, 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 did you catch this? Told him to put on his cloak. I mean, he told him to put, it's a cloaking device. It was Frodo putting on his ring, right? Some of you were already thinking that. Except it didn't come from J.R.R. Tolkien and, and, and made come alive by Peter Jackson. God was doing this kind of stuff a long, long time ago. It's real. And it blew me away, afresh and anew anyway. Wouldn't hate it if Peter Jackson did make a movie out of this. It would be pretty cool. But in that darkened prison, there was a light. It says that there was a light. There was a light. And then an angel, a messenger from the Lord. <clears throat> Peter! A light and a messenger. And yet, at the same time, at the same time, put this together, saints. So, verse 5, Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. I would submit to us today that sometimes, 
that, that sometimes the light that is shown and the messenger that is sent is in direct proportion to the passionate prayers of the people of God. If my people called by my name will humble themselves, in other words, get over themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. What wicked ways? How about the sins of omission? Failing to pray. Failing to love our neighbors as ourselves. I say sometimes because, because, because God is God. And he is Lord. And sometimes he, he, he moves in spite of my lack of prayer. But oh, when God's people pray, there is light. And there is movement. And there is power. Here's what I am 100% certain of. Where there is a prayerless life, it is a powerless life. And a prayerless people are a powerless people. We are no more powerful in our influence for Jesus Christ than we are a people of prayer. I need to stop preaching so we can start praying. Matthew 18, Matthew 18, let, let's get God's word on this, verses 19 and, and 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three are gathered in my name i am i love that pause right there i am the i am i am with them i am with them well this story isn't over even though we're almost done here this morning because God wasn't done then. And beloved, in the face of all that is oh so real in our nation and in our world and the challenges that we face and the attack of the enemy and, and, and his desire, his lies, his schemes to divide and conquer the people of God. Nevertheless, let's pick things up in verse 18 and read through verse 25 and close this, now, this out. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon and they came to him with one accord and having persuaded Blastus the king's chamberlain, that would be like the, the chief of staff, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod, the same one that had James beheaded and Peter imprisoned put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, this is the voice of God and not a man, but immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Jesus was Lord then, Jesus is Lord now, and Jesus will forever be the Lord of all. And if God is for us, who can be against us, church? We have nothing to fear. <laughs> put this in bright blue and then I took a highlighter and across my notes to make sure I didn't forget to say that God is preparing us 
to prepare a generation. These are our children and these are our grandchildren to be the light of the world when that, when, when, when the world is at a darker place than we have ever seen and than we are experiencing right now. Oh, the saints of God are experiencing this in China and in North Korea and in Afghanistan and in places in Africa and around the world. But beloved of God, I do not want my grandson Levi to be unprepared for what may be coming. I want him to know how to gather with the people of God and to one another, one another in care and in prayer and to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter what. And that's... (laughs) That's why we gather. That's why it's important for us to grow and then go as a sense and a prepared and a, and a called people in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Bradenton podcast. We would love the opportunity to pray with you. Contact us through our website, tcab.church, and click the contact tab. Or email us at info at tcab.church. If you like the podcast and want more, don't forget to subscribe to get new content each week. And please feel free to share it with others.